Faith Wings. Explore life with 657 AM. 657 AM. That's it for Makavani featuring Takindo there. Zina Lages. Zina Lages on AM 657 kilohertz. Bring us to exactly 12 after 7. Good evening and welcome to it. This is our, our second and final hour of the program called Thursday Live with me, God Fiji. And remember, we're going all the way until uh, uh, 8. Uh, this evening, almost at 12 midnight. Well, and uh, it's, all, it's uh, almost the time where we talk to somebody from the Global Business Roundtable, as always. And uh, I'm joined by Letuk Tula, Letu. Uh, Marcel, of course, is with us on the line. Letu, good evening and welcome. Thank you so much, Karfi. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Mm, tell us a little bit about Letuk Tula. Where, where do you hail from? Well, I live in Davidson in the east end of Johannesburg. I am a student at Wits University doing my honours in economic science. And I hold a Bachelor of Commerce degree in economics and econometrics from the University of Johannesburg. That's Letuk Tula in a nutshell there. Wow, a lady is educated and loaded, I'm <laughs> telling you. And uh, I thought uh, maybe... Um, what you are going to be talking about tonight is in line with your line of work and education, but uh, I realize that it's something completely different. Uh, we're talking about gender-based, uh, looking at it from the youth, young people's perspective. Yes, yes, today um, I've chosen that we talk about gender-based violence because I feel like it's one of the problems that we face as a country. I think it's high time that we have these conversations so that, you know, we can actually um, come to solutions that bring about change. I think that's very much needed. All right, and of course looking at uh, young people. Are we looking at young people as perpetrators (laughs) or young people as... uh, I wouldn't say victims or people that are being affected. Perhaps it's something that is happening between uh, their parents and they get to be affected. I think we are looking at it holistically from them being perpetrators, from them being victims, because it's really like that. It's really that diverse. So I think we wouldn't be doing justice if we were to um, segregate it. So we're going to be focusing on it as a whole. Okay, tell us then. Tell us more about that then. All right, so I believe that the best time to have stopped gender-based violence was the very beginning of time, and the next best time is right now. As a young person that lives in South Africa, a country notoriously known for its high levels of gender-based violence, I'm passionate about finding ways to alleviate gender-based violence. So for people that are not aware, the current current statistics of gender-based violence in South Africa are absolutely horrendous. So between 25% and 40% of South African women have experienced sexual and or physical violence at the hands of men. Intimate femicide, so femicide is the killing of women. Intimate femicide is five times the global average in South Africa. And the most interesting fact is that there is a huge underreporting of rape cases. Now, if you ask me, there are numerous concerning factors at play here. Do the perpetrators even know what constitutes as violence? Are they aware of the victim's rights? Do they understand the repercussions of imposing violence on women and children? And lastly, but most importantly, do they understand the effect that this has on the subsequent generation? Because in the words of James Baldwin, children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but 
they have never failed to imitate them. So we will have a society where we have these children that are doing exactly what they are seeing right now. And believe you me, the last thing we need is to lose more and more women and children at the hands of men. So my passion for the alleviation of gender-based violence stems from a very personal experience, which led to the understanding that gender-based violence is a ripple effect. When I was 12 years old, my father got incarcerated for a gender-based violence, homicide and femicide case, actually. Our family structure was obviously completely destroyed by this. At such a tender age, I got to see gender-based violence through a very different lens. I saw that it does not only start and end at the perpetrator and the victim, but that so many people in the community get hurt, so many people get affected. This has, in fact, pushed me to start a campaign called You Are Not Next, which is inspired by the hashtag AmINext movement. It aims to educate men about gender-based violence and have them promise women that they are not next. Because in the words of Miss Universe 2019, Uzozbini it is high time we stopped telling women what to do, but started telling the perpetrators to be better, to do better. Let's go back to when, when it happened. I'm not trying to really um uh, reawaken <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean uh, yeah so I, I want us to i want you to actually take us through what went through your mind when you see that happen how did it, it affect you because like now i wasn't expecting you to be as lent as you are because you are um, it happened to you firsthand and like other yes. other people who hear about that how does this affect Children in in general, psychologically, spiritually, and otherwise. How did it affect you when you see that happening? Oh, so it was very painful because you need to understand that my father has always been a role model. So my father, my role model rather, so he was a teacher at a local primary school, doing very well for himself, taking care of me and my siblings. We all loved him as a family, like nobody even thought him capable of that. So to just see that is to shift your perspective of somebody you love so much and now is actually causing you pain, causing your mother pain. So that was um, something that was very hard to deal with. Our family actually tried concealing that from us. But if since it was something that was, you know, when such things happen, everybody knows about it. It's on the news. You find teachers at school knowing about it. So it, was, it wasn't easy. I shouldn't lie. But I think um, I dealt with it properly, I would say. But definitely it wasn't easy. And it took me time to even be comfortable talking about it, you know, in front of people to actually stand up for gender-based violence. Um, it was something that I really had to deal with. It's 19 minutes after 7 right here on Real Puppet, your daily companion. Uh, we're talking about gender violence with Lechu Maseko. Was it a once-off thing or was it something that happened on a regular basis? Oh, no, it was a once-off thing. Hence, um, hence it took all of us by surprise. It was okay. a once-off thing. Yes, definitely. It was a once-off thing. So it just happened and it was as horrendous as it was. Nobody expected it. Okay, but did he ask? He did, did he ask for forgiveness? Yes, he did ask for forgiveness. And who would I be not to forgive? Okay. So yes, he did ask for forgiveness. And I would say, for me, I have offered him that forgiveness because, yeah. 
All right. My dad, after all. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 20 after 7 right here on Radio Puppetio Daily Company. I thought you won't just uh, mention um, gender, gender-based violence, uh, looking at it from, you know, women as the um, victims. I thought maybe you'll That's also look at it at the site Yabondade because they too can suffer from um, gender-based violence. They too can become victims of gender-based violence, right? Definitely. Um, which is, I feel like that is the misconception when we talk about gender-based violence. We only think that it's it's only um, subjected on women and children. And actually, that's not the case. Even men are abused by their intimate partners. Just yesterday, I shared something on my Instagram story where a man was badly injured in their eye and on their face, and they had gotten like... um, And it was very hard to witness and most people couldn't believe it because people still believe that gender-based violence is just violence upon women and children. And I feel like that's the misconception as well. And it also leads to men not being comfortable in actually talking when they are facing such things. And I feel like that is something that we need to tackle as a society as well. Mm. What more can you, uh, you know, share with us as far as this is concerned? What else? So um, I actually believe that for us to actually combat or rather eradicate gender-based violence, we need to work together as a society. I don't think it is enough that, you know, um, the government passes some legislations regarding gender-based violence and they try to work on that just then. Or, you know, um, we have communities that are working individually. I feel like as a community, probably even as a global community, we have other countries that are also struggling from this. I think we need to work together as a people and actually acknowledge that this is a problem. And also sometimes that starts with one person actually taking the responsibility upon themselves. And that is what I'm trying to do with my own life. So I recently started a campaign called You Are Not Next. As I have stated, it is inspired by the hashtag Am I Next movement. So the hashtag Am I Next was really when women were asking men, Am I Next? Because so many women are dying and it could be anyone after that. So the You Are Not Next movement, it aims to educate men about gender-based violence and have them promise women that they are not next. This is because I believe as well that it is high time that we started telling the perpetrators rather than the women to be better, to do better. Because so many times, oftentimes you hear people telling girls, you need to dress this way, you need to behave this way, so that you know you don't become subjected to gender-based violence. And I think it, it hasn't been working, and really we cannot continue doing that. We need to try a different approach. Hence, um, we need to start talking to men, I believe. And that is what exactly my campaign aims to do. Mm. I think one of the reasons, uh, one of the motivation factors should uh, try by all means to nip it in the bud uh, of, of, you know, of some sort. The reason being, um, just talking about it, um, how people can maybe deal with it and, and, and stuff like that. What about maybe conscientizing people of the fact that it can be stopped and uh, when you stop it, it's not a matter of uh, you you separate people that are already fighting, but uh, 
starting from young men at their at their very young age, young girls at a very young age, about the danger thereof or the importance of not hitting a man or a woman. How important is it for them to be studied at that uh, you know young age, just to make sure that uh, it's something it, it gets prevented before from it gets out of hand. I believe that idealistically, yes, um, we should be doing that. We should be teaching young kids about the repercussions of hurting another person, another person's rights. They need to know that you you cannot just go around hitting anyone without facing their repercussions. You cannot go around doing as you please, um, you know. Like there will be repercussions to each and every action that you decide to take that is against the law. So children need to be taught that. Um, but most importantly, I feel like we need to acknowledge where we are as much as we may believe and feel that to fix the subsequent generation, we need to actually teach the kids. I don't think that's the conversation we we should be having. The conversation we should be having is to fixing these adults because the children actually look up to them. I don't think I don't think there would be a kid that would impose violence if they have never seen it before. It just doesn't seem possible in my head. So I believe that we should be focusing on the matter at hand and that is actually stopping the the elders from doing this these egregious behaviors rather. What do you think uh, certain people, certain individuals think that they have the right to uh, beat other people? Is it because they, they think they are, they are men? They think, is it because they think that uh, these people uh, owe, owe, owe them something? What do you think could be the reasons behind that? Because I think sometimes you can just simply walk away if somebody has, is actually um, provoking you. So I believe that the most... Um the most the reason, rather, um, from the past has been obviously, you know, like the patriarchal norms. Men have been feeling like, or rather men have been taught that they are the heads of the family, that really they get to control everybody, even their wives. So that could have been the problem. And also recently with the huge unemployment rate, you have many women that, you know, are regressing to utilizing men as a means to financially survive by way of having the, um, uh, what is this, the, the slay queen concept. You have hashtags like must where girls are saying what they think um, a man must do in order to date them. So I feel like we have those things that are actually as a result of unemployment because like we have a huge unemployment rate, which is a problem in this country. And I feel like it wouldn't make sense if we really excluded it, because I believe that it's part of the problem as well. Because when these young women are depending on these men, then they start feeling powerful over them, as if like they control them or something. So I feel like that's just also the problem we have, young women depending um, financially on men and then, then feeling like they control them. Do you think uh, the police are helping with regards to, you know, making sure that the the perpetrators get get, get arrested, or maybe cases like this uh, they are not taken seriously? Um, I would say they are. Yes, they are, but not enough. They are definitely um, hearing some people, but not enough. Um, as I stated before, there is actually a huge underreporting of rape cases, and that just makes you understand 
like women's perspective at actually going to our justice system and seeking for help. It means that it is not effective. If if I can get raped right now and not have you know, not feel like I can go to the police station and be heard, then I believe that there's a problem justice system, obviously, because why I am meant to feel most comfortable there, most safe there, but I'm feeling like, you know what, it doesn't even matter. I shouldn't even go there. So I really believe that um, it can, uh, our justice system can definitely get better, but they they, they do show up sometimes. Mm. Uh, the danger of not reporting, the danger of not uh, uh, USA as a, a victim doing something about that. I've seen people people dying, and I've seen sometimes when they try to report that to their family members, and their family members would uh, actually advise them to get out of their relationships. The ladies themselves would go back to their abusive partners. So I believe like there are so many problems with actually not reporting, even though, yes, it is a reality that people get abused and they don't report, but they're actually, it, it's not it's not advisable because you become depressed, you become sad, which may actually lead you to even committing suicide, you know. It just it, it just leads to an, a bad welfare, like a, a, a state of leaving. It's just, it's just, it, nothing good comes out of it and I wouldn't advise that. As much as hard as it may be, I believe that people should talk and we should make people comfortable in talking to us. You know, sometimes you can actually tell somebody that you got raped but abused and some people may may actually find it as a joke, especially if like a male person is saying such a thing. So I think as a community we need to be more understanding and willing to hear really what, what is happening before and before making the other person feel like it was their fault that they were even um, abused. Mm. Uh, Letu, thank you very much for your time, ma'am. Unfortunately, our time doesn't allow us to continue with this discussion, but hey, thank you very much. Of, uh, uh, we, you, have, you have given us, you have shared with us a lot, yeah, a mouthful. <laughs> And, of course, we have learned a lot, and hopefully people are not going to keep quiet about it, and those who are victims will begin to do something about that. And those who know that uh, uh, there are other people that are suffering from this um, uh, gender-based violence, they can be able to help them so that they can have uh, finally get out of uh, the abuse that they uh, find themselves in. Uh, Thank you once again. And do you have a social media platform where people can engage with you on? Yes, I do have an Instagram account. It's at lele underscore masego, E-Y underscore M-A-S-E-K-O. Yeah, you know when you talk about underscores, then yeah, I'm confused. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Yeah, so I I don't know underscores. I only know hashtags and ads and and all that. Yeah, so give give us a, a simple one. Are you on Facebook? No, I'm not on Facebook, okay, but you can okay. just check just, my name un- underscore Instagram. Underscore King, dash, isn't it? Yes, it's the dash, but it's the one that's at the bottom. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do it again. It's at Lele. At L-E-L-E-Y underscore M-A-S-E. No, 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 let's do it again. Let's do it again. It's at L-E-L-E-Y underscore underscore m a M A S E Maseko, yes? Yes, Maseko. Oh, that's it. It's at uh, Lily underscore Maseko. 
Yes. That's yes. your account on Facebook. All right. Ma'am, thank you very on much Instagram. for your time. Okay. Thank you very much. No, no, no. Instagram, ne? Yes, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Not thank Facebook. you very much. Lele, thank you very much. All the best. It's a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Lele, to Maseoko on AM657. That's uh, at Lele, Lele, Lele Y at uh, underscore Maseko. At Lele Y. Okay. Lele uh, underscore Maseko. Okay. In today's rush world, there is limited time for yourself. Your cell phone, however, is with you all the time. So why not use it? Visit our Radio Pulpit website with your cell phone and restore your soul. There you can find out more about Radio Pulpit. Download the Bible to your cell phone. Read Word for Today. And you can listen to us online. Just visit www.radiopulpit.co.za. Especially developed for your cell phone. Radio Pulpit, your daily companion.